0: shot caller podcast but this is a very very special edition as you can see we don't have july we don't have another guest we do have however my father so before i intro him i do want to say that thank you so much for the last week of support on that episode with nathan with our boy daddy long dong that shit was popping and y'all were really enjoying it so we appreciate that but now i have to go one on one with a great one and that won't be my dad. What's going on, pop? Hey, what's happening? Oh, what's happening?
1: How we doing? How you feeling today? You ready for this? Yeah, you know, it's been a long time coming. We've been talking about doing this for well since the last one. And uh Yeah, but over a year ago. Yeah, it's been over a year. So uh let's let's get into this. Too bad we ain't got uh July in the house because uh he's probably eating right now, he's probably hungry. He's
0: he's enjoying himself right now in Vegas. Yeah. So, um, I we did cover a lot in the last episode. Um, this this one's gonna be more for me. Like I said, I was say this, I always enjoy these because you know, one day you know you'll be gone. One day I'll be gone, and you know my kids will be able to watch this, and I'll be able to watch this and you know and enjoy this, and still have a piece of you with me as we go. So I always enjoy doing these. Um, yeah, but last week we talked last time that last week, last time we talked a lot about football, right? We talked about one of the things that we bonded over and have bonded over since, you know, I was young. Another thing that we didn't even get, get into was wrestling. Um, I got into wrestling because of you, you know, I found what I would call my, uh, wrestling hero on the rock. You know, it's been literally my childhood, you know, hero since I was, you know, two years old. Um, Go ahead and kinda of, I guess explain like how you got into wrestling and then therefore kinda of got me into it as well.
1: Yeah, because that's kind of a kind of weird how I how we got in got got into it years ago, like in the late seventies and early eighties. We would have it occasionally like on a Saturday. Uh, we would come on T V, kinda of fill a time slot and uh you guys would come out and you're watching it and these grown men throwing each other around, talking smack to each other. I mean back then their um their voice behind the microphone and their their skills were not as good as colorful as they were in the attitude area the area you grew up in all the smack talking and all that it was it it evolved from what it was back then and seeing back then by the time you got to watch it it was already mainstream so when i was watching it, it was still like locations they had different areas that the territories different. yeah so they had different like you didn't we didn't see him like hulk hogan till later on we didn't see the, him until they went after him and brought him in and started to build uh, the territories better and when he when vincent man started scalping all the talent from everybody else and that's pretty, yeah, and pretty much ended the era yeah and he ended the era so he started to bring in and make it big you know like the iron Sheik was on uh we had Man, we love the know, Iron Shake in mom. his house.
0: Yeah, so we love Iron Sheik, we love Sheiky baby.
1: Yeah, so we did that stuff growing up. So we got to watch that. And then your nana, my, uh, mom, she loved Tito Santana because you know he was Hispanic <laughs> and <he> was WWF <laughs> back then, and he was, you know, he was the one. He was the, you know, so when 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 mom's gets into it, you know, she's having a good time. You know, you watching it, right? So
0: that's so funny that you say that because I never knew nana watch wrestling. Oh, like yeah, I knew a great. lot of things on that. I didn't know that she watched wrestling. That's so See? funny that all of us got into. It. We'll get into that though.
1: Yeah, she was. You're not enough. My mom, love that woman, would go like screaming at the TV, "Get out, get up. Like it was like she was ringside, yelling at the TV, "Get out, get out!" And I thought I'd do that to you. We're just like, calm down, Mom. You know, like well, so we're yelling, screaming, and you know, a hoaxer came out, and all these different uh, groups came out with different people, and. And as it started to progress, you know, the plot lines and trying to get a little better. The the in-ring action got better because they got better people to do better things. So it wasn't as crude. And, you know, like Hogan came out. What did he do? He pointed out the crowd, raised his fist, finally but do you want me to hit him? You want me to hit him? And the guy just said, and they're like, oh, my God, don't hit me. Waiting. Right. Yeah. So- and then you get
0: to, like, the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels era where it's just technical wrestling. And they're really, really good at it. And they're athletic.
1: Yeah, you had a guy like this some... the man of a thousand oh, the holds. The man of a thousand holds, right. yes. So you're like, how many holds can you possibly have? There's no way you have a thousand holds. But he had a thousand holds. I guess if you move your finger one place to another place, that's a different hold altogether. That's a different hold. <laughs> yeah, so you you had like the British Bulldogs. They one of Those guys came out a little bit later. Man, uh, you had all these like guys who were trying to find their niche. And I guess what it was, they're trying to find their niche. And so they had these different, different uh, names given. They came out with different things. To try to do like the crown, clown, clowns guys came out there for a while. Coco Beware, the Junkyard Cocoa Dog, Coco Beware, the Big Boss Man. You know, so they play these roles up, and and they really capitalized on at the time what was going on, and they capitalized on on those people. So those guys have to move up, progress. You know, like the Nature Boy. I wasn't a big Nature Boy fan.
0: I was, I'm honestly not. I never have been. I respect to a legend. Right. He's kind of in a weird place right now with like with going you know, on, all the shit come out about him. But um, I, and I don't like his daughter either, Charlotte Flair. Again, these are not. They're not. It's not that they're not good. They're just not my kind of wrestler. They're not what I enjoy watching.
1: Right, and you got to understand when they came out, like those guys came out. They're different territory. So we're used to seeing this, like you know whatever was happening on the West Coast. And I, I remember that you know they would televise it before, and then they would send it out. And I remember watching it one one Saturday, like, midday afternoon, kind of like 11 o'clock. It's just kind of filling a time spot. And they're wrestling. And uh, they're in an arena. So, I mean, I have no idea where they're at because I'm just watching it on TV. And they call this wrestler's name out, and they, they pan out, like, over the crowd. And one of the guys I went to school with, like, we're in the same grade. He stands up and starts clapping. I'm like, where the hell are you? How did you get on TV? He doesn't even know he's being recorded. They're in El Centro. Uh-huh. And he's, oh, he's, wow. Uh, so, you know, they're doing one of the little main spots that came through and, you know, hit a little town, make a little money, and move on. So, come back to school Monday. I said, hey, you were at the wrestling event. He goes, yeah, that was like a couple of weeks ago, like maybe last month. I said, yeah, you were on TV. We saw you. I saw you. I'm like, it, it has to be you. You're the only one that has that hair and, you know, that young <laughs> wearing all that gold jewelry. Um, he was by far non-athletic in, in any sort of the means. Like, I had no athletic ability in him. I think he was even bad at checkers. <laughs> yeah, so uh, sports wasn't his thing. Um, That's
0: okay. Sports was my thing. Sports was definitely your thing. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of get into, like, now, obviously, you know, I'm born. 98, 97 is when the attitude era starts to kick off, right? But I I have faint memories about being, like, two years old. And cause a lot of it, like the night I was born is on a Monday and it's actually one of the, one of my favorite episodes of raw ever that I've gone back and watched. And like, I had VHS of it, but didn't know what day it was actually on my birthday. Uh, it's like a, there's like a canon Undertaker segment. It's a really good segment. One of one. I really, really enjoy. Um, but like, you know, I, I distinctly remember like the late two thousands, um, like the rocks at his peak. Like he's really peaking right at this point. Like he, two thousand was like his year. Stone Cold's injured. Him and Triple H are having this feud. The Undertaker returns as the American Badass. You know, a lot of things are changing. Um, like uh, what? Like I, I just remember sitting on your lap watching Raw. Like I remember that Raw set from two thousand very specifically. Um, like how often were you watching it back then? And was specifically with me.
1: We watched it a lot, um, you know, every, every, cause you know, uh, the time a cable came on, it had a different programming. You could see ahead. There was no more like uh book that came out where you have to flip through everything to find out where your channels are. And you had to highlight it so that you knew on this day, this time, this show was coming on. So on, you could actually see it as you go through, you could program the TV look at it. And it will tell you the time slots and what's coming on, which made it so much easier where you could, you could lock in that that uh, hour program, so it doesn't matter what you were watching, it would jump to that I'm switch right to that channel, so you could never miss it, and then you could record it, so you could set recordings up to it, so record some stuff that if you had to work or you were doing something else and you didn't catch it or you only caught a part of it, you can go back and watch it later. So a lot of that happened too. So with, with that being said. It came on. It was a different different wrestling. The, the, there was like a new age of wrestlers came in, a new group of uh, superstars. These guys were huge. I mean, they were muscle-bound men moving at a rate of speed that they shouldn't be moving in, doing things they shouldn't have been doing at, at the size they were. And so you started watching these guys flying off the turnbuckle, and they're like 350 pounds. Solid muscle. I mean, they look like Adonis. Just these... You know, big gigantic muscle player, and you know they're they're taking the McMahon diet. Because Even McMahon was huge. McMahon. Yeah, he was big huge. Big man. You know,
0: he, he to this day he works out every day like twice a day. Like he is like he's like if you he's still fit to this day, like obviously he's like an eighty year old man. Um but he trains every day. Like he literally uh I was watching like the last actually couple years, uh I don't know if you know who Pat McAfee is. He's a former punter for the Colts, he has his own podcast really entertaining dude energetic like and uh he's been with them for a couple years now with WWE. he actually had a match at wrestlemania it was really good he's really athletic he like loves he loves wrestling he's loved wrestling since he was a kid um he had two interviews in the last couple months leading up to wrestlemania he had one with brock lesnar which brock lesnar actually talked and actually like looked like a completely different person because he was being his actual self which no one's ever seen in 20 years and same thing with Vince McMahon. He got Vince McMahon to talk about his life and talk about, and it was so interesting to hear um, these people out of quote unquote kayfabe, out of you know, out of the act, and talk about like real people because you never see it. Right. And um, and you don't know, hear him talk about his life and like talk about how they grew up poor and everything, and then like what they what it became and like how he still works out every day. And um, it's crazy. Like it's crazy to think that like obviously now everyone's like, oh, he's on roids. Like no, like. Yeah, maybe he was, or maybe he was taking some time to testosterone booster because you know he's an old man. He's an older man doesn't produce as much testosterone anymore. But the dedication that man has to the gym, to the lifting weights, to the this, is crazy, oh, and yeah. you can it's... see that with all these all these guys that are the same way. You know, like uh, the way they they train is ridiculous.
1: And then not that they didn't train then they trained a lot. They were gym rats, and if they weren't wrestling and and in the in the ring, going over their moves and their and their stuff. And as the as the wrestlers were more talented. And, and they were, there was clearly those that were well above the rest. And, and, uh, those guys, they would just, you'd see them talking every once in a while in the matches and you'd see them saying different things. So what got you interested into it was as you're sitting there watching it to have you in my lap, you know, it was like my downtime. So we're sitting there watching it and then like certain, certain intro songs would come in and you just like light up. And, uh, the rock was the one that got you, I mean, he, out of all of them, the rock. He stone called a little bit, you know, because he liked the way he he was his rasp voice, the rattlesnake, and then he went to 316 and what? You know, they're trying to find all their stuff. But the rock was the one that that you landed on that was uh that made it that made you watch wrestling. It was the rock. So I had these these uh sweatbands I used on my wrist when I played softball. And this is the funny part because I had two sets. And I'd wear them, and I'd take them off, and I'd wash them or whatever. Well, the rocks had elbow pads and knee pads. And so those you don't know. So, yeah. So so Oz, what he does is he finds them in my bag. He puts them on his elbows, because now they're elbow pads. grabs my other set, slides them on over his knees, and these are his knee pads. Now you're walking around in your diaper and your shirt, and you had your elbow pads on, and you have the knee pads on, which we could never take off. We couldn't take them to wash them because you you cry because you know you need to have them on because you were you were you were the rock. See, this, is where, this is
0: this is where I hope we ever meet the rock or with someone like that's my all time goal. If, if any of you don't know, my all time goal for this podcast, uh, like we're talking like goat status interview for me would be to interview the rock, to have an hour, which just be super difficult to have an hour to sit down with the rock and talk to him and have you on there with me and just talk because. I don't think people understand like these are the stories I've been wanting my dad to tell me for a long time because no one else tells them like he does and when he like this is like verbatim, like I have pictures somewhere of me wearing elbow pads and knee pads everywhere everywhere. so go ahead everywhere. and tell your stories pop.
1: So' Just people have for context. So Ozzy have these things on I mean I mean everywhere we go literally to the store, to the daycare, everywhere. doesn't matter what you're wearing? You have the elbow pants on. Either they're underneath your your your, your jacket or underneath your pants. You still wore them. That you had them on all day, every day, waiting for you to fall asleep to take them off. You to wash them, to put them back on you, so you wouldn't get a ringworm or anything else. But you never took them off. It was it was it was a part of it was a part of your DNA. So you start to talk and you're walking and you're you know you're doing all this stuff as a young child. And we go to the store one day, and it's, uh, it's I won't give you the name of the store because they're, they're not paying you to, to say their name. So we're in the store, and I have you in the cart. And I'm pushing you in this cart, and we're going through, like, the frozen food section area. And a uh, couple comes up, and they're, they look at you, and they're like, oh, hi. And you look at the guy, and you say, what's your name? The guy says, excuse me? He goes, you say, what's your name? That's how you said it. What's your name? So the guy says, starts to say his name, and you say, it doesn't matter what your name is. So I'm trying not to laugh. (laughs) I'm really trying not to laugh, but I'm just smiling. I'm like, oh, I can't believe you just said this. The guy looks at me and said, hey, I'm sorry, he watches wrestling. He goes, no, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And you had your elbow pads on. And, uh, the guy's laughing. He's walking away. You're in a diaper. You're, you know, young still. And so your mom did this. So your mom did this week. We had there with they came to town and it was a pretty good card. They had the card that came down. So we had seats down on the infield.
0: Oh, yeah. We oh, by the to- way, I went to the target, target did the day pop and they had a. I would say if they have a rock there, I'll pick it up. They never do. This is actually—I own this jersey, by the way, people. I don't own the red one. I own the blue version of this jersey. Uh, you know, yeah. though it's so much nicer now. But yeah, twenty bucks well spent. It's gonna stay in the box. It's gonna be one of those things that if I ever have an autograph session, this will be it. But uh, yeah, I haven't bought one of those in my own adult money, pop back then. So back back to your store where we—it's what two thousand and two. Yeah, it's o2 because this is when um the NWO came back. So this is O two. This is that the Civic Center in Yuma yeah. uh, at the at our field, which is again this is tiny. This has never happened since or before, so it was like a one, in a once in a lifetime opportunity. Go ahead, Pop.
1: They had, they had Triple H was there. They had um, Edge was there. The um, U-Suck was there.
0: Kurt Angle. Yeah, and I actually remember the show. I remember sitting when we were at like we were very close. We weren't that
1: far back at all. No, we weren't. I. I I can remember. And uh, who else we had what? Little Chris was there, and who else was there? Uh, uh buddy Ryan who was there too. Him and him and uh Timmy were there, but they were sitting way up in the bleachers. But didn't we have uh what's it? was it Patrick? Adrian. Is that his name? Adrian Adrian, yes, I wish I forget his name. But yes, I was
0: I'm sorry, Adrian. I know I said Patrick, but like I feel like that's a really like my, in my head that made sense.
1: So we're watching the show and they have uh, uh Tess was there. No, oh. He since not, not longer with Rest, it, rest but, in peace.
0: Yeah. Rest I in like peace that.
1: test. He was pretty cool. Him and his testicles.
0: His testicles. Him. I love that. That's a great, great.
1: Yeah, so they had Triple H there. They had those guys. They had all of them. Road Dog. Uh, they were all, they were all present. I think X-Pac was there. Um, and they had, um, uh, Al Snow. And, and Didn't they have Jericho. Jericho was there, too, right? and Tijeri? Jericho was there. Yeah, Jericho was there. And, uh, what was really cool was was they had, they had just got done with uh with one of the WWE shows or w, I think they were WWE by then, uh one of the shows. Yes, where, they were. Or um, was it Maven or what was it was? The guy's name. He won the he won on the show. The so, tough enough, yeah, it was Maven. Enough, yeah, but, good memory. So, so he was there, and him and Al Still were there, and they were fighting two other guys, and you you could see him talking. You're like, how do you how do you not see? I'll tell this guy go, you go this way, and I'm gonna go this way, but it was all a <laughs> part of the act. So they're they're doing their thing and they're fighting and uh, they're wrestling and you know, of course he was still new, so his he wasn't um, fluid yet. He wasn't he he never really got fluid with everybody else. But these other guys that were in it were really good. And the best not a uh, match of the night was at the end was Kurt Angle and Edge. Theirs was like nonstop back and forth the whole works. And you were so happy you were like hoping The Rock would show up because all these other high card guys that were there. And at the same yes. time they had the same show, but they had it in Phoenix. And I said, no, yeah. no it's probably going to be in Phoenix. And The Rock was in Phoenix at the time. So it's a long night, and it, it was a good show. We had a good time. Um, even Jacqueline was there, the, the, the wrestler, the lady wrestler. Yes. Was in there and so was Crash. Crash was there, too. Rest in peace to Crash as well. Rest in peace Crash Fall, And he made a mistake because he was supposed to go to the ropes and hit Jacqueline and knock her down, but he he missed. And you could hear the crowd yelling, you fucked up, you fucked up. So he he's looking at him like, "What are you doing?" So he goes back and does it again, hits her, knocks her off. and we're like, and everybody starts screaming, "Yeah, it's about time!" So <laughs> it, it was really cool because you got to, you got to see it for the first time and uh, live, and it wasn't just like some regular you know B acting role guys who who weren't on the card, you know, the undercard guys. There was a lot of main eventers there. A lot of guys that a lot of mid carders. A lot of main carders uh, came out of that that uh, program. And then Randy Orton, he was still younger back then, but he was still, you know, he was still, he was still good. He was a he he was a main card guy back then, even though he was still relatively new newer to the card.
0: Yeah, he was. They put him in the mid card right away. They well, put right. him in that mid tier pretty quickly because of his dad. And he was, I mean, he was still working at it. But uh, like I mean, Bombard, two years later, he'd be him. two years later, he'd be a world champion, and he'd be in evolution. So I mean, yeah, yeah he was. He was already, you know, destined at that point. It was all up to him, which, you know, look at him now, twenty years later, he's one of the. He'll probably be like a taker. He'll be
1: a lifer, you know. Yeah, and the sad and the sad part about all that after the end was they had this crane outside of uh, right field that these people got up on the screen and went up to to view it better, and the and the crane got too heavy and it fell over and and people actually passed away. So really, um, I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, so that was the sad part of the whole show, and. And, uh, afterwards, and we didn't find out until like well afterwards, um, but some friends of ours were, were riding the carts and bringing them down from the clubhouse to to the entrance so they can walk in, and we weren't where the entrance where they walked in at. We're we're towards the the other side of the the back side of the of the of the opposite end of, of where they entered at, which was still good. Oh, so they go. were in
0: the, they were they were in the locker room and that that was the locker the clubhouse was their locker room. You know, it's, it's so crazy because we use that all the time for Pop Warner. And yeah. I know when I worked for the city, I was there all the time. It's so I never even knew that. And that's so crazy that I was there all the time.
1: Yeah, you were there all the whole time. So at the end of the show, um, Edge and, and, and um Kurt Angle had the they had the best match of the night. I mean, it was just it was nonstop. It was fluid. The end of the night, um, we're getting ready to leave. And, and there's these chairs like on a square circle. You set him up, and Adrian, you know, he's at the time he's big guy. He's you know, he's a, a big out. motherfucker. Big. Adrian's yeah. like what 6'2", 6'3", 250 at the time probably. Yeah, because he's not he's not two fifty anymore. He's probably like about one eighty five, one ninety now. Um, yeah, big, I haven't big, seen him in years. Shout out to Adrian. So he's there, and everybody's kind of leaving slow, and and you start you start in with the rock moves, and you start doing the whole thing, and you get on the. Top of the chair, like you're in the turnbuckle and you're throwing your arms in the air and you're in the people's eyebrow. You're doing the whole work. You're doing the whole, you're mimicking the rock. Like everything he's done, you're doing it. You go over there, you give him the rock bottom. You go from one side to the other. Take off your elbow, you throw it. Do the whole thing with the fingers. Drop the elbow on him. Boom. Grab his leg. He gives you his leg. You grab, you roll him up you pin him. You run, <laughs> the, you run to the corner of the chair, stand up on it. You throw your arm in the air and you're all, uh, you know. And there's these people are watching like they stop to watch you and there's probably like 20 30 people by this time watching you do this stuff and at the end of the year, you year, i I'm like, yeah yeah you're just all soaking it up just all bah. and it's probably like one o'clock in the morning two o'clock in the morning And <laughs> uh, I told you hey we, we, we can go to this before you we went. so we can go to this but you you're still gonna have to go do your thing at the next morning the center part. So, it gets you up to go and you're just beat tired. You're so excited. Get the rock finger. You got all this, go buy all this stuff to the special fan and you're enjoying it. You had the greatest time of your life. And even though the show was a great success for what they had it, I think you do the the most praise at the end for somebody, you know, for you being a child, a really small child, doing the rock. Like he was doing it. It It's so crazy. Yeah, it was a cool thing. You know
0: what's funny? I have that uh, that license plate, and I I held it for years. And I don't know if it's gone now or if I have it in storage somewhere. But I always said when I got my first car, I'd put that on the front or I'd put it somewhere. So I have it somewhere. I'm hoping I still have it somewhere. But it, I kept that license plate for over a decade, and I have it somewhere still. Um, But that, I mean, that's just part of it. Like I mean, uh, I know that I didn't go to another event for – 16 years Um, until me and Nick went to WrestleMania. That was my first time going to a live, official live event, pay-per-view quote-unquote event. And, you know, the odds of going to uh, New Orleans, to go to Nolens, to go see them at the Superdome, and uh, getting to see The Undertaker perform live. And it was like his last real actual WrestleMania match, even though it was a squash. It was against John Cena. Yeah. Um didn't see AJ Styles live. I mean, it could have been a better match, but I enjoyed it because it was it was a really good match. Um getting to see Brock and Roman and like it was it was such an experience um that I mean it's hard to explain the the feeling of people. Like it's it's literally jam-packed to the roof. Um uh, we're like in the mid tier, we're facing like the entranceway, so we have the we can see the entire stage set, which was one of my favorite sets I've ever seen. Um and we were just sitting with people that we didn't know who the hell they were. We were just bullshitting talking about I mean it was that that back then that's when WrestleMania was still one night. It's now two, they now split it up to two nights. Yeah. And you so you have yeah, you have four hours and four hours instead of a pause. We We're there, we we're there from like noon to about ten o'clock at night, pretty much. It was an all day thing. We were dead tired by the time we were done there. Um but I got you a shirt, I got you something, um, uh, because that's something that you got me into. That's our love of wrestling. I got you a shirt. The one I want to get you to have your size in, so I was really pissed. But, um, I also got my mom something. Um, but I, I, I really, I really wanted to go there and pay homage, and uh, to, to, uh, be able to do things like that. I would do something that, um, my grandfather, my who also was very interesting, he never got to do something that you haven't got to do. I'm going to say yet. I'm going to say yet. I'm not going to say you never will. I'm going to say yet. Um, cause I do want to take you to an event. Um, and since next year's WrestleMania is in Hollywood, uh, don't be surprised if uh, we end up somehow getting tickets to that because I know uh, me and Nate already talked about it and his uh, steel Jose, who you've never got to meet, amazing man. You and him would be you guys would get along so well. He loves wrestling. He's a huge, um, a huge wrestling fan, and uh, we've been talking about it. And uh, there's a possibility it may make it harder to get tickets, but I'd still I'd still save up the money. I would still do it. Uh, they're hinting that The Rock will wrestle next year at WrestleMania in Hollywood against Roman Reigns. And that might be his last match so speaking of rock matches um i do remember a time and this is something that i think we both regret it was believe 2011 um if i'm not mistaken it was 2011 it was january and um the rock had come back to television um and so obviously he had his matches with cena and uh his match with cena the next year, he obviously was around. Kind of came back around the Royal Rumble. Now the Royal Rumble that year was in Phoenix, oh, yeah. and The Rock was wrestling against CM Punk. It was again great wrestler in the main event for the championship. And I remember bringing you this idea, saying, "Hey, Pop, like we've never gone to go to an event. He's wrestling. Like he'll like he's in Phoenix, Dad. Like it's like right here. Like there's like it's, this never happens." And we ended up. I can't remember what it was. We ended up not going. He ended up winning the belt that night, which I can't even imagine how I would have been as a teenager. I think it was either a freshman or about to go into high school. Um, going to go see my childhood hero, but that doesn't mean that you know that has to end. Them that may happen. We still may I mean, him and not win, but we will get to see him live. That's one of my. I think that's number one. Like I, I knocked off WrestleMania. It's my number one on the bucket list. But getting to see The Rock live would be, um otherworldly and i don't think i'd want to experience it without you so i'm um, so you know now wrestlemania time next year which will be march so 10 months from now it's gonna be in hollywood and uh you might have a ticket for yourself so i would uh, look forward to that and that would be something i that's something i wanted to experience with you since i was a child i mean a super bowl would be nice but it's very difficult where wrestlemania yeah it's expensive but it's much more affordable yeah. See, but it's not just WrestleMania though that you that we have to experience, right? When it's WrestleMania weekend, wherever they're at, there is huge conventions that have all these wrestlers that come out and do the signings. They wrestle. Um, you get to, they have meet and greets. So, like part of it is yeah, it's WrestleMania. That's Saturday and Sunday. But Friday, we will be at, we're gonna be at like there's a couple. There's one big convention that they do WrestleCon. That's huge um there's a few other small conventions they have a bunch of indie guys that are you know that are mainstream but aren't wdb they wrestle so maybe we do that we get to meet some uh you know Sting still wrestling you know i still want to take you to an AEW show i think that'd be cool because again those guys are a lot of the guys you will know you know a lot of those guys and some of you don't but you know a lot of them um and you know i get to take you to a wwe event but i think you know that's something i want to do um now like going to other experiences that we've had together. Recently, we had one that uh, we had never done before, and uh, I surprised you. If, you. if y'all don't know, uh, my dad—he's uh, not—he's a—he he's a, doesn't really watch basketball anymore, right? But he does have some players that he's always enjoyed over the years. You know, you know who didn't love Michael Jordan. You know, my dad was a big a big fan in the '90s, but one of his favorite players in modern day, which he's not like a hardcore fan, but he does enjoy watching is Lebr- Lebron James. We call him Lebanon. Um, okay. And my dad's enjoyed watching him since, you know, that's one thing I think we we enjoyed watching over the years. And he never got to see a basketball game live. Never been to a professional game. He had never seen LeBron play. I had never seen LeBron play. So, uh, obviously, him playing on the Lakers makes it easier for us to go see him against the Suns. Tickets are expensive, but if you have two times a year, you have a chance. And uh, there was a chance. And it was... December of the last year and I had been looking for tickets for a while and uh I got him some so what was your reaction dad when I just told you on the phone I remember I called you because I was like you know what you need to ask your time off for this and I just should have told you I got your tickets to go see
1: LeBron James like what 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 was your uh, what was your reaction to that I, I honestly I was I was really taken back by that because it was like uh you know it's not something that I would have actually gone out and done you know um for me, uh, for you, it's different. I mean, because you're my child. So what wouldn't a parent do for the child? It, it's, it's immeasurable, uh, the things that we do. So for you to be able to do that for me, which was uh, something I, it puts me back into a position where, where I would do things for my father that uh, he wouldn't expect. So he was always like, you know, you don't have to do this. You know, I, so I feel my, I felt myself in the same position that my father would be, one I did things for him, so it was kind of like um, reverse. So it was really cool. I mean, yeah, Jordan was, you know, probably for, for most people in the world, he will be the best basketball player ever to ever ever grace the, the hard court. Um, his intangibles, you know, uh, by far, seen a lot of things. But as he put it, you know, he can't consider himself the greatest because he didn't play against certain. Groups of people in decades before him. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why he's as good as he is now because he watched somebody else play and emulated them, and he just took it to a different level. Um, yeah, as much as I like Jordan the way he played, everybody else did. But I, I really like Pippen. Um, I really liked the game Pippen played. Pippen was everything Jordan was to the Bulls, and I don't really care who's got to say what about, you know, about Jordan. Jordan didn't start winning until he surrounded himself with better players. He even knew that. You know, they're, they're talked about, if you go back to the old videos and listen to them, they talk about this. They, they let Jordan score 60 points because he wasn't going to win the game. when they got Pippen. They started getting other pieces around to fit in. That's when the Bulls became unstoppable. Um, So Pippen by far, you can say Magic, John, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, did something for basketball and brought it back because it was a dying, it was dying. They brought it back. They just extended that dying back and made it what it is today. But Jordan didn't win any championships until, until Pippen got there. And even in his hall of fame speech, you can't mention him without mentioning Pippen. So whatever the beef those two guys have, they lived a the life. They played together. They, they did whatever. So it was a great to see him acknowledge in the way he did, and giving him that accolade during his Hall of Fame speech because it is true. Without him, he wouldn't have this guy. They wouldn't have the six championships. Um, and LeBron is just another ascension. He's like a point forward. He's the new variation of, of Magic Johnson. Big tall guy, hands the ball, gets good ball skills, passes the ball. He takes tackle. Way better stops. scorer, though. Yeah, way, a, better
0: score. a way better
1: scorer. Way better scorer. So it, he's, the, he's the evolution. He's like, you know, the next evolution. So, you know, like every phone comes out. The next phone comes out better than the previous one because it's got more things in it. That's that's the players. The next person that comes out is able to do more things because the game has evolved to that. Of course, it's, you know, it's not the same basketball it was in the 80s and early 90s. It's a much different game. It's a fast paced game, high-scoring game. You know, there wasn't a lot of games back then where you scored over 100 points, got 110 points. Now you, well, you can watch a game, they're like 130, 140. You're like, how did that happen? There's no defense because you can't hand-check. You can't, you know... You're not – the guy going to the hole isn't getting beat up like he used to do, like he used to back in the 80s and 90s, early 90s. You weren't getting murdered. You weren't getting those easy layups or those dunks. You pay for that. Um, so it's a different game today. So LeBron, yeah, for, for everything that he's done and done, passes the ball well, he shoots well, he opens the floor. He does a lot of things very well. And the reason why he's got as many points as he does, and it's he has, and, you know, and you can compare him. All you want to, and, and Jordan's always going to be better because of what Jordan did in his era. Um, you, you, the younger kids now come and see, they don't, you know, they wear the Jordan brand. Oh, Jordan this. They didn't get to see Jordan like I did growing up in his heyday when he was killing everybody, literally killing everybody. And then, you know, you got Cody Ryan coming in, and there's always debate is, you know, how do you pass... Kobe Bryant with Lebron with Lebron over Kobe when Kobe is, you know, one B to to Jordan, it's just your perception and how you see the game. Um, it's a team sport. Ultimately, it's a team sport. So if you don't get your players around you doing something and contributing, what good is the team sport if it's just a me game? So does he make the guys around him better? Yes. Can he make it better? Yes. You know, so going to watch the game was kind of cool. Um, we get there, everything's there all planned out. We show up; it's like, I right, I can't believe I'm really going to watch this game. My son bought tickets, and we're going to go do this. Though. So, so it's pretty cool. We, you know, the seats were perfect. I don't care what you say about how they're at. There was, a, I got to see everything in the game that I wouldn't have saw if we were down lower courtside, because you're not going to see the high yeah, controls. You're not gonna yeah, see the for context,
0: people, we were on the uh, we were like on the top level, but we were on the lowest you could be on the top level pretty much, but we were center court. Yeah so what the tickets I bought, we yeah. could see everything. We saw the
1: entire game from where we were at. You could see everything, the high pick and roll, the screens. You can call it, you can see the guys moving around, you can see him you know moving. And I was like, I was like, this is the best seat you can ever get. Because you see everything. So that in itself. Yeah, court side is probably the best to have cuz you're down there at court level and, and you can see how tall these guys are. And it looks like they're taking like 7 to 10 steps and they're already they're already across midcourt and and into the other you know, like these guys are fast. Their shoes are tall. They're, you know, you don't really understand the game and you, you see these guys running around and you know, you hear 7 foot. Yeah, that's tall, but when you see 7 foot next to you, you're like Jesus Christ. Guys, huge. And in the course, it was awesome. We got to see it. then the Suns killed them, killed the Lakers.
0: Yeah, the Suns could not miss a three in that game. They were hitting everything.
1: Oh God, they were hitting everything. And then you know, Chris Paul didn't play because he was hurt. But man, the Suns were rolling, and LeBron quietly scored by thirty points. Yeah, you like he actually broke he
0: he uh, he. Uh, I think he he broke a record that game. I think He's it was uh, uh I think it was ten thousand assists. I think it was that game, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to check. But uh we were there for it. we they didn't even announce anything, you couldn't even hear because it, it was so loud in there. Um It was what March.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It was a great game and um the thing. Weren't you? You were. I. I
0: mean, ah, uh, yeah. So the score was hundred and forty to hundred and eleven, right? And yeah, he he reached uh, he reached ten thousand assists that game, like 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 road, like realistically right in there. But I mean, the Suns dropped forty eight in the first quarter.
1: In the first quarter,
0: they were they were the going crazy. Quarter. LeBron shot fifty percent from the field. He hit six seven free throws. Like you had a
1: great game. Yeah, <laughs> he had thirty one. He, he played fine. He quietly scored like thirty some points. In the game, and then he didn't play the like from the middle of the third quarter to the fourth quarter. He didn't play at all.
0: I mean the suns the suns were fifty seven percent from the field. I mean they were just hitting everything. Uh, they out rebounded them big time. Like I said, it wasn't even close. But that was your first game, and I I really I remember getting there and I was so nervous because you know this this was and I, I don't know if I want to put some of those conversations we had up up on on the way up on blast on here specifically the funnier ones that I I've, I've told some of my friends that we just die laughing because some of the things that we talked about was so funny because I never thought I'd I'd be having a conversation with my dad about adult things, you know, like things that like people are scared to have their conversation with. Right. We, we had a really, I thought it was one of those, it was one of the most memorable conversations we ever had because I could not stop laughing. I couldn't stay straight on the freeway because I was laughing so fucking hard. Um, and we just like, it was such a, it was such a, an experience, you know, um, when people always, um, like, obviously, you know, we lost Tata the last year and I mean, yeah. um, we, we still recorded. We, uh, we had a podcast dedicated to him and I, I remember asking you, um, you know, what you thought about it. Then when you came on, I think it was like actually the next episode you, you came on, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And we had, uh, we had a really good conversation about Yuma and like the progression of the place. And I asked, you know, what you thought about it. What do you think now looking back a year later? Um, how, how we're, I mean, we're already over a year now, like, uh, have you gone back and listened to that episode or listened to the, the, the podcast we had for him um, at all? Do you, like, have, like, a memory of it in any way?
1: Uh, I've listened to it twice since then. And uh, it still, you know, it still hits home rather the same with the same effect. Um, you know, we, you talk about, like, conversations you I had and you're laughing and, We're having just a general conversation. We're just having fun, talking, laughing, and just being us because it's been a long time since we were able to just be us. Um, Even you you growing up, it's the same way. We always had a – I always had an open door with you guys. Hey, whatever the conversation is, I'd rather you have it with me than somebody else. If you're not sure or, or, you know, whatever the conversation is, let's just have it. Let's talk about it. You know, we either going to go away from it knowing something we didn't know before or going away with something we're going to be upset about. But I'd rather have that conversation than to later on look back and say, you know, I should have sat down with Ozzy more or I should have sat down with your sister more. And we should have had that conversation. And then to look back and you to say the same thing later on and not be able to have that conversation. I've had those conversations with my father. And, uh, you know, sometimes I was worried about how they was going to turn out or what was going to be said or what he was going to say back to me. But if I didn't venture to have that conversation, I wouldn't know. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that person at the end. I wish I would have said this to him, or I wish I would have said that to dad, or I would have, I wish this conversation would have taken place. I wish I would have made the effort to do it. So with you guys growing up, a lot of things changed from how I was brought up to how you guys were brought up. Not to say that your, your grandparents were closed minded. They weren't, they were, say it. I want to hear what you got to say. I may not like my response from them, or in the context of which it's coming back to me, but the conversation was had. So, I kind of took that from my my parents and tried to be that parent with you guys to give that conversation, give you the ability to say those things. Um, Speak freely. Speak openly. Um, You know, with respect, you know, don't cuss me out because then you're going to get something you don't like. Um, But I'm going to hear you out good, bad, and indifferent. That's just... That's just how I was built. So I, I want that same in return with you guys. And I want you to have that with your children only because it will make it easier for them to come to you. And if if you, you know, it's not like when, when my parents were, grow, were growing up, they didn't have those availabilities. That's not how they were raised. That's not how their parents were raised. So it was always do this because I said to do this. And there was never, you know, you always had a question of why do I do it this way? Why can't I do that way? I mean, there's always more than one way to skin a cat, so to speak. There's always more ways to do things than there is how you're being taught. And sometimes, even as a parent, we don't know everything. I mean, we know from what life has given us and what we're to take, dictate from it and take from it and, and kind of make it our own. But there's things that you're doing now that I didn't do when I was a kid or I was your age. Because the times are different. change. So there's other things that are are applicable to to how things are being done. Um, So I don't have all the answers. And I'll never have all the answers. I'm still learning. The the part about me being a parent isn't because I was a parent only because you were young. My job duty as an adult, as a parent, is to continue learning and progressing. I'm always going to be a parent to you. So I always have to mindfully do things the right way because I want you to follow the right steps, do the right things. Only because for you to benefit you. So if I'm not growing and learning as I get older, what am I passing on to you? Being a parent doesn't stop when you turn 18. You know, it's it's not child support. So growing and learning and doing more things as I get older is to show you that progression still happens. So as long as I'm progressing in life and doing things better and getting better at what I'm doing, I'm showing an example for you to lead through to show your children and their children and so forth. So if I just like stop being a parent just because you know you're you're 23 years old and I I don't need to be a parent anymore, I mean I'm sure changing me and you at the same time. So, with that being said, all all the things that in life that happen, I mean everything changes daily. Everything changes weekly, monthly, whatever. Situations arise, and you have to address them accordingly. The hard part is is um, taking it in, understanding what's going on in front of you. Your avenues of, of what you need to to do to make things either coincide with what's going on or find a way to make it work. And that doesn't ever change. So as long as you're growing up and you're learning and you're getting older, things are going to come at you in different angles and aspects you're going to have to address. So how you address them and do them is a direct reflection of what, as a parent that I was doing for you growing up. So if I don't give you tools as you get adult, become an adult and do adult things and help you progress then I'm not any better than one of your friends who has no clue at life trying to give you advice i think um
0: I think one thing that uh that i've I've taken um a, like inspiration from in a way is uh, I heard a quote i'm remember to somewhere I can't remember but it always it always resonates with me because it was basically says like um you know." Um, your parents only know you for part of their life, but you know your parents for the entirety of yours. Yes. And so that basically means um, like so for, you know, for Tata, you know, that was your entire life. And for him, it, you were only a part of his, right? You were a huge part of his, but only a part of his. And then for me, vice versa, same thing. I've only been a part of your life the last 23 years, but I've only, I've known you my entire life. Yes, and that and that cycle always continues. So oh. when people people put things into perspective and they think about, um, you know, how long we're really here for. Say for example, you know, thought that I died at seventy five. If you make it to seventy five, that means I only have twenty five years left, right? Mm-hmm. Now some people think of that that's a long time, and I'm just like that's not enough. Twenty-five years would mean basically what I have now. Multiply it again, and that's still not enough. Like, it, there's never enough time, and um, the the way that life gets busy, and if things change, if I move out of state, or all of these things change and make that time smaller and smaller. So yeah, it says twenty-five years, right? Let's use that example. Say twenty-five years, but is it really twenty-five years? Or is it a year of actual days I spend with you together? Is it only another hundred? Is it another 20? Is it another 30? And that's if you, that's, you know, that's if something doesn't happen. That's if I don't move away. That's if I, you know, if I don't go, you, like all these things that I think we are all as humans take for granted, right? We think there's another day. There's another day, you know? Um, And there just doesn't, there's not always that guarantee. I think we, we all have that, that blind spot of, uh, Um, we just assume that there's going to be a tomorrow. We assume that all these things. And I I remember, um, sitting there with my mom the other day and, uh, I was telling her that ever since I was a kid, that I always, um, picture myself dying young and I didn't know why. I just always had a feeling and it was always like a sixth sense of sorts. Like it's just going to happen. It's not going to be in anything under my control. It's going to be something out of my, you know, out of my realm that happens to me. And, um, when you talk to somebody and you see their face change or you see their complexion change, and it could just be anybody, we, we ha- we've we had conversations like that. And the way that she described and, and basically was like, you know, she's scaring the shit out of me, son. You someone like, like my dad, who, again, who I've never met. I don't, I don't know my Tata Hazi. I don't, I don't, um, I don't know anything about him really. I know, I know a lot of things that people talk about, but. To hear someone tell me that I sound like someone verbatim, but I've never known them, it really made me um, think about a lot of things that I have, like, no, like, uh, like the way that that I uh, I think about death. And like, I remember talking to somebody to my therapist, and they were telling me like, you shouldn't be having this conversation with yourself for like another thirty years. Like, why are you um, so there now? Like, why are you having a midlife crisis in that part of life now? And, um, I, have always just tried to live my life the way that I, I want to for however, how long I can, cause I don't know when it's going to go. I could be the healthiest, most, um, fit human being. and I could still get a cracks and I could still get, I could still get robbed. I could still, anything could happen. So I, I don't want to live my life, um, dictating and, uh, not doing things the way that I want to, or if I can have them my way, the, my way, whatever that may be. Um, because I just always had that. I've always had that feeling I've always had that, uh, you know, and it's, some people think it's scary, but I'm, I've always been at peace with the idea because it's a cycle. We all go one day. We're not ever here forever. And, um, I've always felt like the quicker you can, you can come to terms with that and accept it and be, it it helps me sleep at night knowing that every day that I live, that I'm doing it the way I want to do it. And that the day that I go, um, you know, I'll be I'll be okay with it because I've I've lived life up until this point in the way that I wanted to. I did things the way that I wanted to, and I don't know if to you that sounds like him, um, because you knew him very well. But to me, that that's how I live my life. And um, sometimes it doesn't go the way I want it to, and it's hard. Uh, but other times, I realize and I'm thankful that I do things the way that I do because I'm happy with how I do them. And that I could say, well, damn, tomorrow was not promised, and it didn't come. I'd be okay, you know. I have, I have left behind a, um, a legacy of sorts with the people that I know that love and care for me, and they know who I am. The people that do know who I am, um, that you know, get to witness the this side of me that the podcast has brought out more out, out of, as opposed to the loud jackass that does make a lot of friends or has a lot of enemies, whichever. Um, I don't know. I've always had that feeling, and I don't. I don't accept. I don't know if I sound like him or not to you, uh, but I, I. I do remember having that conversation, and uh, I, I think
1: um, that I've always had that. I don't know what it is. It's, it's interesting. Interesting about about what you just said is is we never know, like you said, our our checkout time, and um, everybody has a different checkout time. You know, they say, well, by the time you get to the middle the middle of your life, you know, they always say 50 is the middle of your life. When you hit 50, you know, you're halfway through life. And that's not always accurate. That's that's for those people who are going to live to at least be 100 years old. Uh, I knew people growing up that um, died in their early 20s. Let's say 24, for example. So the middle of their life, they were, they were 12 years old. You know, that's a different perspective if you look at it from that way, that point. When I was growing up, I I didn't think I would live past 35. For whatever reason, I didn't think I'd live past 35 years old. And I'm like 15 years past that time. And so I said, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, uh, I'm in extended extended time now. Uh, So whatever, whatever my checkout time is going to be in my last breath that I take on this earth, whenever it's going to (laughs) be, it's going to be. I mean, I, I can't negotiate that time. It is it is what it is. It'll be what it's going to be. Um, so with the thoughts that you have and the feelings that you're having, this isn't uncommon for most people. They just try not to accept that, you know, half full, half empty cup, depending on who you are. Um, you have to understand that that if those are your thoughts going in, you need to live life as if you if the number is next week. And you have to get the things in that you want to get and say the things that need to be said. Uh, Live the way you want to live. If you live in this life for somebody else, you're you're shortchanging you. You were given an opportunity to be here to do things great. And great for everybody is different. Great for you could be the the podcast you're doing now, the friends that you have, and enlightening them and having a good time. The things that you leave behind after you're gone and the which they speak of you is immeasurable. Example. I, was, I had to go to church the other day to uh, do some stuff with the church. And you know I me, mean? I'm not a real church guy. So, um, so the deacon that was there walks up to me and says, you're a Pinalo, aren't you? I said, yes, I am. He worked at the city with your with your grandfather. And he told me, your dad was the best street sweeper we ever had in all the years the city has been here. Your dad was great. He was a great worker. He was a good, great person. He was the best. And I'm like, wow. He's, how's your dad doing? So I told me it passed away. It's been a year. And I'm sorry to hear that. Your 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 dad, one of the best we ever had working. So those things leave a lasting impression, especially for me, because that's my father. So now I have somebody telling me, giving me accolades about my father and how well he performed a job and how well he did his job. Only reflects what your grandfather told us growing up. You let your job, what you do, work wise, speak for you. If you got to tell everybody how good you work, you're not a good worker. You just work. You, they're paying you to do your job. Do your job and do it well. What you do is good enough. Do it better. He Leave when you leave work. Know that you did everything you could that day. the possible that you could do. You 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 let your work. Talk for you, so nobody will ever question your ability at work, how you work, and who you work for, and the things that you do. They'll know if something is wrong. They'll know it's not you. So your grandfather always emphasized that you don't go around beating your chest, telling how everybody how good how good of a job you are that you do at work. You never want beating in your chest and tell everybody what a, what a great parent you are. People are too busy running around telling everybody else what a great parent they are. Taking credit for something they're supposed to do. So don't take credit for something you're supposed to do. You know, your grandfather told me those kids didn't ask to be here. You brought them there. So your responsibility is to them until you die. So you better make sure that you're doing the right things and giving them the right information and doing the right things for them. So they learn, (coughs) excuse me. So they learn moving forward that they can function in this world without you. See, our parents are telling us, you know, they teach us how to do things growing up, and teach us how to do certain things and and progress. They teach us everything in life what to do, but how to live without them. And the hardest part is that next day when they're no longer here. And you talked about that earlier you know, a little bit about how, you know, you know, you don't know if you're going to be here. That's this you know, you always thought about dying early, that you wouldn't be here long term. So you have that time now. That's the time that you need to. To shine, make what your, yeah. whatever you're doing make it worthwhile. The things that you're doing make it worthwhile. If you if you're having a bad day, make it a good day. Because we're all going to have shitty days, and sometimes they're stacked. It's what you see.
0: Yeah, I mean, through that. there's no good days without shitty days. If they're all good days, there's no thing as a good day. They're all just days.
1: Right. So yeah, all oh, getting back to the wrestling part, my favorite uh, Undertaker was was uh, American Badass.
0: Yeah, it's funny a lot of people hate that I love that version of undertaker I will stand by that to this oh. day I remember we bumped Lim biscuit just for him on the way up to yeah. and we were we were jamming out so um yeah I honestly dad i I think uh some people get scared when I talk about things like that and they uh they don't don't talk like that don't talk about don't talk about things like that because they think it uh it brings some kind of bad juju or it um brings something to you but honestly it's um one of those things for me it's so normal I mean we had a lot of deaths and family and friends growing up that it's such um it's it's so commonplace where I went to where there was a point where I just don't like going to funerals because i was we were going to so many yeah um, it's morality. over the years and uh i I didn't go to a funeral for a very long time um and I always said the next one I'll go to is my grandfather's you know, I don't know when that'll be. And then obviously it happened. Yeah. And um, it's crazy that that we mentioned, you know, thought on this and, and talk about him because there's so many stories that that he just, he's just memorable. You know, he wasn't perfect. You know, there were some things of his, like, I think it took him a long time. I think after Nana died, it, it changed a lot. It shook him. I think a lot of things changed for him and he was a different, a different man, um, I'd argue to say he was a better man. He, uh, he was able to become, um, a different grandfather for me. We had, that's where our bond started. And, you know, I remember there was a couple times we had some issues with him because it was, you know, his whole life was just thrown into a ray after Nana passed away so suddenly and, um, seeing him every day and seeing him progress and become who he was. And, um, it was, he was a, a completely different person and that's the person that I know. You know the the person that you know versus the person I remember is completely different, and um, you know, like when he would always say, you know, I have you know tattoos and piercings and long hair, and and uh, he's like, oh, you look good, mijo, you know? and you know, you know, you look at him like, what the fuck? Why couldn't I couldn't do that
1: shit, you know, you know, <laughs> <And> it, things. <laughs> the stuff that you're talking about right now is very true. You see, your grandfather growing up, when we were growing up, was different. You know, you didn't have uh, tattoos and earrings and long hair. That just wasn't. That wasn't man. That wasn't what men do. Um because you gotta understand that that's from from his from my grandfather, that was how it was. And what was crazy was I'm gonna bring this conversation up because you remember it quite well. We're at the house and um, and you were I was barbecuing and you thought that was there. And you were talking to me about you were okay with being second string. Yeah, we've talked about this story before, but re- refresh yeah. people's memory. So You were, you were, you were okay with it and you were, you were satisfied with being second, second string and not getting playing time. Oh, that lit me up. I was so pissed because I, I second place or second string was never for me. I mean, if I wasn't starting, it better be because I was hurt. But it wasn't going to be because of lack of effort. It wasn't going to be because I didn't put my time in. It wasn't. Be, wasn't going to be because. Go ahead. Now
0: remember, I remember. It wasn't that there was no lack of effort. It wasn't that I wasn't trying. It wasn't that it was just that. You, you know, settled. You know the situation.
1: You, you settled. Yeah. It was. Beat, media, it was beat into me
0: you. that my my coach. Yeah, he didn't. You know, and I. I, I always said. I mean. Football me for to, me. He told me not
1: to hurt him and I wanted to kick his ass at that at, at Village Inn because he's an idiot.
0: I know. we talk. we talked about this already. Go ahead. So uh, the yeah. point you're saying is that you were you were rough on me. You were rough on me. Yes. And and thought that was pretty much like what are you why are you so hard on him for? You know, like leave him like leave him alone, basically.
1: Yeah, and I'm looking at him like, Who are you? Because <laughs> <laughs> you talk to me worse than this. And he goes, Leave him alone, he's trying. No, you he's not you don't get us, you're not understanding you were better than, than what your coach was allowing you to be. You could have started anywhere else. You wanted to go there because your guys your guys were there. Your boys were there. And I get it. Not I really. I didn't
0: have a choice. I didn't have a choice. Well, I actually wanted to go to Kofa or Yuma High instead. I didn't have a
1: choice. And you would have started anywhere. You, you would have started anywhere. You Probably. would have started a Catholic. But because your coach is a bonehead or was a bonehead, uh, <laughs> they couldn't figure it out. But anyhow, so my, my point was this. is like you're talking about. he's He was different then afterwards. He was more compassionate, you know. And like I told you, I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. You know, for us, it was a lot of money to 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 play a sport. So, you know, to buy the necessary equipment to play the to play the sport was a lot of money. And if they were spending the money to, for for me to have the equipment to play, I I better be busting ass and getting getting to that number one spot and being that number one spot. Because I couldn't come home and say, well, yeah, I'm second string." What does that mean? I just spent all yeah. this money so you can sit the bench. You could be out here cleaning the yard or you could be working somewhere else and making money instead of sitting there doing nothing. So that was the difference. And as yeah. he got older, he started to understand a little things were a little different, different now. And because you're the grandchild and not the son, he's like, don't be so hard on him. I'm like, you were you hard on us all our lives going up, but for very good reason. Very good reason why he was. And he wanted us to exceed... What your your grandfather wasn't able to do, your grandfather wasn't able to play sports in high school. He wasn't able he wasn't able to do those things that I was fortunate to do or had the luxury of doing. He didn't have. And your grandpa was a good, he was athletic, very strong, strong man, very strong. Uh, he's probably the strongest person I ever met in my life. Anybody his size to do the things that he did, the muscles he had, crazy, right? Um. So I had to play hard to, so that the money they spent for me to have the things that I needed to play was, was, it was worth it. was worth it. Cause if I would have just went out there and, and, and say, ah, I'm fine, man, you know, what kind of crap I've been dealt with, you know, it'd have been, yeah, like, I, I, I think, uh
0: <laughs> I, I think, uh, for me though, I, I honestly think that, uh, that was kind of already just beating my head because it was just like I was doing all this extra work and it was just wasn't it didn't matter. It didn't matter how hard I worked, it didn't matter how much weight I pushed, it didn't matter how good I looked, they didn't care. So eventually, you know, you start to just not care when you I'm a senior in high school. I I didn't even have to play my senior year, but I, I did it because I wanted to go out on my terms, whether I started, whether I didn't start, I was just gonna be there every day working my ass off. And making sure that when I stepped off that field for the last time, that I had no regrets. And I can say to this day, I have no regrets. There's a lot of things that could be different that I could have played different sports. I could have done this, but I don't care. I, I enjoyed what I did for however long I got to do it. And now me- I get to do... Um,
1: but the message that I wanted you to understand and the message I wanted you to take from that was was something that's more important in life than just that game. See when we accept and accept our position where we're at we settle. So though that's good enough. I don't ever want you to know that what you did or did was just good enough because there's always better that you can do. So I always want you to have that hunger to do something else better than what you did. Because I think life, I've shown that. Yeah, in in life, you know, if you settle for what you have and you're okay with it, you're going to live that mundane life forever. You know, you're never going to you're never going to take the chance to get better. You're just going to be like, I'm OK with this. I'm good right here. And that's when you stop living, basically, because you're just going to fall in that mundane and stay there because it's safe. You still there, Pop? And I always wanted you to push for greatness and to be better than what you were the day before, because if you keep that drive oh, in life, I think we lost you're never going to be satisfied with what you have. You're going to want to work um, harder and do more things. Let's see. Does that make sense?
0: All right, well, uh, if that is the end, uh, we'll ha- definitely have to do a part two. We'll have my okay, boy July in here for that one, and um, thank you so much for watching, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. It's this was a very good episode in my mind, um, one that I'm happy we got to do. And as for my pops, love you. You know that's my hero right there. So uh, we'll see y'all very soon, and uh, thank you for coming out. Peace.